Hello and welcome to yet, I say this every time, but yet another episode of Constructing Success. I am your host, Derek Baer, and with me I have Jason Saunders from Indoor Environmental Services. Jason has a colorful past that has, colorful in the best way, a colorful past that has taken him from being a field service, uh, let me let me pull this up correctly, I don't want to screw anything up. A field service technician, and he has changed from that role to director of customer service. Then he's going to be a service operations manager. He then pulled away from IES for a brief stint with MCOR and is now, and this is, this is what's cool for me, is he's now the president of IES, which puts him as the youngest president in all of the service logic organizations throughout the country, and I think there's just over 60. Um, when I met Jason, he was the GM at IES, so I've watched him come into the throne at this role. It's been exciting and it's been fun. Um, it, it, I've gotten to work alongside him for part of this, uh, but I'm really excited to have him on the show today and to uncover, construct, deconstruct, however you want to look at it, what makes him successful and what he has used in his life, whether it is mentors, support, family, books, whatever will unpack it, but to overcome the obstacles that are thrown at all of us each day, uh, because we all have our shit and we all have our issues, but not all of us keep fighting back. So without further ado, Jason, welcome to the show. It's good to see you. Thank you for having me, Derek. I, uh, I appreciate it. I was excited and, uh, Glad to have the opportunity to chat with you because um, you and I um, are quite similar and um, at the end of the day um, have managed to navigate through our, our respective trades quite well. So happy to share my story and uh, hopefully our uh, content today helps out any and all that are, are looking for help. So I have, I have no doubt that our content today will help at least one person out there and that is the goal. It probably will help more, but at least one. Um, and so for, for a little bit of background, this is an exciting way for me to see Jason. Normally we have uh, backgrounds on. I'm not sure. Well, most of you will be just listening, but, but normally we have backgrounds on. Now this is a little bit more of a uh, coffee shop or bar scenario where we're more so sitting across the table and get to shoot the shit. And coming into... Uh, Coming into the working relationship with Jason, uh, pretty early on, I was able to figure out that we were like-minded, uh, which if you know me, that's an exciting thing because if someone's like-minded with me, they're willing to do or try almost anything. And as we were working through tactics, and this is this is going back, uh, this is not an important part of the story, but it was a, a sales consulting related project. And watching Jason implement the tools, absorb the material, and just accelerate uh, to the highest of peaks as a sales leader and as a leader in general, um, that, that was fulfilling for me. And over the last, what do you think it's been? Just over, it's over two years now, right? A couple of years. Yeah. Time flies. Yeah. So, yeah especially having success. So yeah. <laughs> thank well, you. Yeah. No, no, of course. I'm glad. I'm glad that it worked out. Uh, but over the two years, I've, I've gotten to know him more and more um, well doing it via Zoom, aside from a, an in-person meeting. Um, it can be difficult 
Well, here's my first rant. So it, it can be difficult in a world where we're just on Zoom meetings because it's all business. We come in, we talk, and then when the meeting's over, I don't have the opportunity to walk out of the meeting next to Jason and say like, did you hear that bullshit? Or man, that's really exciting. Or what did you do this weekend? Or what are you up to this weekend? Uh, but fortunately, we've been able to lower that guard and get, get a bit more personal. Uh, so if you're okay with it, Jason, I'd like to, I'd like to work backwards. This seems to work the best. Um, mm -hmm. I've got, I've got a few topics that I want to talk about as far as uh, performance hacks and work hacks and things to make your life better. But I want everyone to get to know who you are. Um, and it's a, a similar theme. I'll bring someone on with tremendous accolades and we see you with the tremendous accolades but it's hard to put together the story where maybe things weren't always so smooth. So um, if we could go back, I think as much as you feel comfortable sharing, um, you weren't always so polished. And if you can't see him, button down shirt, tall, good dude, great haircut, uh, put together, leads, uh, leads one of the strongest sales organizations and companies I know of. Uh, but Jason, tell me a little bit about some of the troubles or knucklehead things you were involved in that, because this has happened for me, that if someone that knew you in middle school or in middle school, early high school would say, there's no way that's the same Jason. Uh, and then going from there, how sports maybe got you a little bit more in line and what that helped to provide work ethic, grit, and uh, I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, man, my story. Um, grew up in Northern California in the Bay Area. Um, was un underwhelmed by uh, public education uh, and uh, excelled at sports and arts and, and uh, trade-related uh, schooling, etc. So I was uh, fortunate uh, to be raised in and around the tra trades. My father was uh, in um, construction uh, my whole my whole life and so you know it was always a DIY man I uh, I think I was hanging cabinets with them at 12 years old and uh, did you yeah. like that you know what uh, I did um, I, I always kind of how, how things are how things are constructed made how they work uh, I got I think I got in trouble probably at 10 years old for taking apart the lawnmower I was okay. really good at taking things mm -hmm. apart at uh, a young age not so good at putting them back, putting back together. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, I was fortunate to, to have that type of influence, but, um, definitely was, was interested in how things worked. Um, and so, uh, got, got out of high school, went to work, uh, pretty quick, uh, hands-on type, type jobs was out of the house early, um, uh, went into construction trades more or less. And, uh, it was just making decisions that, that were not probably the best for, for my long-term success um and had uh you know the people that were important to me in life approaching me uh expressing their concerns and you know what what's your plan you know college uh, i i don't believe college is for everybody um and uh, i was presented with some options and, and had some mentors kind of steer me uh to a trade uh school background being that that's uh, what i excelled in and, and had satisfaction in so um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to pause you real quick. Cause I don't, <clears throat> I don't, I, I would be doing a shitty job as a listener and as a host, if I didn't pause and yeah. um, unpack a little bit more. So 
um, me using my own experience, and maybe this is a temperature thing, being that you grew up in the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. um, so when your dad had you helping with hands-on stuff, you did enjoy tinkering around? Yeah. Okay. I fucking hated it. <laughs> like, I, I don't do, I, I'm getting better about it, um, yeah. but I don't, in high school, even like late middle school, I was forced, and, and not forced like in a horrible abusive way, yeah. but anything that I wanted in, so I'm going to give a, a two-part explanation of this. I am grateful, and if you can hear, I don't know if you can hear this, but there's kind of like a noise. I've got a window got a guy hanging eight stories above the ground <laughs> wiping off so disregard that background noise um but i anything that i wanted to have as a toy as a car and, and i'm saying toys like uh, like a stand-up jet ski a go-kart um, yep. and, and, and i'm appreciative of this for the mindset but we didn't have a lot of money and i grew up in a really really wealthy area um, actually yeah. what part of the bay were you in uh Antioch, east best. bay okay east yeah. bay my dad grew up in uh, Danville. I don't know if we talked okay. about that. Yeah, yeah okay. about uh, 45 minutes apart from each other for sure. Okay. So uh, so he would have me doing these things. And where I think that as, as, as a whole, it was a win. As a whole, he did it to the best that he could. But as far as setting expectations, it would be something like, okay, if you want this uh, scooter with a weed whacker engine on it, We'll get it on. I don't even know that Craigslist was necessarily around at that time. It might have been eBay. But yeah. we're going to buy a broken one because yeah. we can't afford a, a, one that works. And we're going to spend about you know three hours fixing it up, getting it right. So this is where theory and execution can really do you a disservice. So three hours to a 14-year-old, that's actually kind of a long time regardless, especially yeah. when it's something that you don't like doing, especially when it's something that you aren't good at doing. You know, I'm like sitting there, I'm like, you could turn this wrench in two seconds. I'm going to spend two minutes trying to get the socket on, yeah. you know, like, like, come on. So there also, it was cold and gray and wet at all times. So I'm fucking around with this fucking, I'm fucking around with this scooter and I'm looking at him. And for him, it's like, the, it, for him, he's happy that I'm doing it. For me, it's the biggest waste of time. And the three hours was never three hours. This is where I've got a good rule of thumb of times it by three. A three yeah. hour project with most people, and my dad included, is a nine hour project. And it yeah. could be nine hours until we figure out what's really wrong. And so yeah. that, this is my unload on, on the topic, but I'm appreciative of the, the difficulty and being, when I'm saying being comfortable, being uncomfortable, doing things that I really didn't want to do at a young age. And I think that yeah. did build my work ethic muscle of like, all right, well, I got to get this done. I'm going to do it. Um, but that's my rant. How did you take to these activities? Yeah. Like, was this awesome? I want to jump in or is it something you had to build a muscle for? Um, yeah, probably a mix with both. I think the older I get and the more, I, you know, longer I've been in the trades myself, I think I appreciate it more because I understood uh, the intent, right, was to build mm -hmm. skill set, responsibility and, and give me some skills um, that I could use throughout my life, whether I chose the trades or not. Mm -hmm. um, similarly to you, um, you know, I the weed whacker motor on the on the whatever, right? Uh, go peds. I'm guessing it's a go, go ped. It was a go right? ped, a big foot. Yeah, so I, I wanted go a go ped more than anything in my life. Um, and I got I had a couple buddies that had them, right? I wanted them and uh, asked for for years on end, mm -hmm. um, uh, whether it be 
uh, I don't know, some graduation report card accolade that I, I should have got for go any you know? opportunity. Yeah. And, and it never happened. Right. So, you know, I, I got told, you know, that we were, we live fairly comfortably. Um, but you know, something like a GoPad, I didn't, that just didn't happen. Right. So, Hey, go get a job, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it, I think I would have probably been 11 or 12 years old. I, I got a paper route. Um, and, um, it, you know, had to wake up at five in the morning. This is uh, back in the days when, you know, the neighborhood kid was the paper boy. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a route that took me about an hour and a half, two hours every morning. I had to go collect uh, payment and then uh, pay, uh, uh, I guess, my route manager that the total owed and whatever was left over um, uh, was my profit. Right. And I had mm -hmm. I had folks and neighbors that didn't pay for months. And so um, I learned quickly at 12, 13 years old, uh, account receivable, sales, uh, you know, operations, whatever you want to call it. Um, but that was what funded uh, the, the GoPed fund, right? Which I, I never ultimately got the GoPed. I think I, I bought my first vehicle when I was 13, 14. And uh, similarly, you know, hey, we'll help you buy a car and we'll help you fix it up. Mm -hmm. uh, but you're, you're going to be doing the work, right? This isn't uh, go buy a, a new Chevrolet Silverado off, off the, the showroom floor. So, right. um, you know, I think from a very young age, my, my mom and dad both instilled uh, some, some work ethic in me. And, and um, if you want it, it, it's there for the taking, but you, you got to go get it. Um, and so very appreciative for that in hindsight. Yeah. So that's, it's, it's funny that I've never thought about this. Like this is why conversations like, this are so eye-opening to me and and sometimes they most of the time they help me to recognize how cavemanish i can be in my thinking because i there's times where i think outside of the box and i don't know why this just clicked for me but just to give an example because everyone's different and had i had the option of you can turn the wrench on this broken one and fix it or you can go get a job and pay someone else to do it. Yeah. I might have been more interested in the paying or I would have had a greater appreciation for what money, how quick money can go when you're paying someone else to do it either way. And if, you know, yeah. if my dad, if my dad ends up listening to this, I couldn't be more grateful <laughs> for the work ethic. It just, yeah. the temperature, the wet, the dark. Yeah. It wasn't for me. Um, so so moving from there, so you, so you had the work ethic and you mentioned that you were doing hands-on jobs. Um, what are some of the jobs that you had in high school? You said construction a little yeah, bit. And yeah, I worked at a, a tire shop uh, doing install rims, tires, all that good stuff. America Tire Co. Uh, mm -hmm. I actually still still talked to one of the guys that I worked with back, back then. Um, great entry-level job. Um, teach us some responsibility to take good, good care of their people um, and had a good time. Uh, I worked for a framing company, just kind of the, the gopher on the job site to dig a ditch, go run, get a tool, help stand the wall, whatever it was. Um, uh, just kind of low man on the totem pole, right? I was mm -hmm. there to, to listen uh, and not be heard. Uh, that, mm -hmm. that was pretty clear pretty quickly. So, um, you know, any and everything, odd jobs. I mean, I worked on uh, some vineyards uh, running uh, this, that, and the other odd, odd jobs, orchards. Um, so, you know, any, any way to make a buck, man, uh, mm -hmm. a lot of family, friends, that type of stuff. But, um, uh, looking back on them, definitely appreciative for the opportunity to make some cash. 
Absolutely. Well, the opportunity, and I'm sure there was some um, bonehead moments, if you will, where you made mistakes. Uh, but as as we are seeing, like as we see on a daily basis, um, looking back, or if I'm going to put my sh- myself in the younger Derek's shoes, or if you were to do that for the younger Jason, it kind of seemed like, wow, I'm so lucky that I'm getting this opportunity. I'm so lucky that I still have this job. Now, so I'm I just turned 36. So being 36 and looking back on who I was then compared to someone that is older or more experienced, but just doesn't show up or doesn't care or is hard to work with. Oh, dude, like every opportunity that we had that we maintained was because we just showed up. And that is this incredible. I I don't know if it's a uh, if it's like an epidemic. I don't know if it's getting worse with age, but it just seems like the maybe it's because of social media maybe it's because the internet has made the world so small and you see all these opportunities out there but it's so easy for someone to say yeah i went there for a week or two it sucked i'm just yeah. gonna get something else i'm just gonna I, I was making more money on my allowance than even working it was stupid um, yeah. so that's been i don't know if you see that with um, employees coming in and out um, yeah. but just work ethic work ethic and grit it's just not there yeah, I think, you know, I probably learned a lot uh, about work ethic grid in sports. You know, I, I was uh, played baseball, football, was pretty good at baseball, pretty, pretty bad at football. Uh, but uh, but, you know, I, I found that, um, yeah, when it comes to, you know, physical, uh, you know, high level physical, you know, sports, it, it, you don't just show up uh, for the game. Right. It, it mm-hmm. takes a lot of uh, investment, free time. Um, and details matter, right? And the smallest of details can can eventually pay off for you. So, um, you know, I, those again, you know, was fortunate to have been involved in in pretty high level uh, sports at a young age. Um, and uh, not everyone's willing to to run the run the drill as hard as they can every time, you know. And and um, mm-hmm. to, to kind of your point, you know, there is a, a shortage of qualified. Uh, tradespeople and, and workers in the workforce right now, um, and you know we're we have plenty of opportunity to hire people, um, and and at times um, if they fit our culture and are willing to put the work in, they flourish and the skies are the limit. Um, if if they're just here to kind of punch the clock mentality in and out, that can be um, troublesome because sometimes you it does take more than just eight to five to take care of the customer, take care of your internal customers, your, your teammates, um, and, um, and succeed, right. And, and, um, and grow the business. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, hard work, you know, you've heard me rant, uh, with, with some of my sales personnel and teams is that, you know, I want to do any and everything I can to empower you to succeed. I, I don't get to make you succeed. You, you have to do the work. You have to make the phone call, get the appointment, get the proposal together in a timely fashion, meet the customer's deadline. I wish I could do all that for you. I can't, I, I won't. Um, and so it's, uh, you know, up, up to the individuals um, and, and not every individual is um, uh, equal, right? Mm-hmm. From a sense of how much effort they, they put in. They could be successful with varying degrees of, of effort. Uh, but um, my, my default personally has always been as much effort as, as I can give Hopefully that makes up for my other shortcomings um, that I may have. So, 
Mm-hmm. When effort, it, it's always, even if you just using effort, that word as an example, you could have the most talented person come in. If you want to look at it, I mean, we see this all the time with sports. And then if you look at a superstar that isn't, they're putting in minimal effort. Occasionally they have an explosion moment or you've got a, you know, an amazing closer, but they're not putting in the work as far as new business development, whatever that is. I will take the person who needs to work on their skills, but will is willing to put in the work every day over the diva, over the maverick, over the this is how I do it, take it or leave it. I'm going to show up when I want to show up. And and that seems to be, I don't know if that's inflated um, because once we have, now I'm starting to sound old, but I don't know if that's getting inflated yeah. because we have so much access to, you know, Twitter and we're seeing players fire off their emotions and we're seeing players do crazy shit because they feel like it. And then because they're doing it and they're on this pedestal, it makes it more okay for us to do. Uh, but yeah, without taking off, yeah, effort, work ethic, grit. There, there's just no substitute for that. Um, yeah. And, I have, oh, sorry, it, go for it. No, it's all right. I, I have a, a saying I, I coined or stole. It's It's been in my vocabulary for a long time, so I, I couldn't quote it if I did take it. But, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of um, hire the attitude with aptitude, mm-hmm. right? You, the, the superstar, top-notch, person on the team is great but if the attitude isn't in alignment with the team's culture it's not a good fit right so you know i've i've seen success i've seen uh, you know many of people throughout my career flourish that you know didn't have the skill sets needed um for a role but but had a can do will do um want to do attitude um and that overcame any and all shortcomings in the short you know the short term of skills that they were lacking um, and so, you know, we're, we're big. I currently am big on that mantra. Um, again, qualified, uh, workforce is tough to come by. So, you know, I want to find the attitude that's looking for an opportunity, wants to grow, is willing to invest in themselves, um, to, to flourish. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, I think that, you know, that kind of curtails well to, to what you're saying is that there's a lack of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but when, when I see it, I get excited. Right. That's um, become a rare candidate in today's job market, which is unfortunate. It, it is unfortunate. And uh, when I. I will figure it out, but when I figure out the secret ingredient as to why this keeps happening more and more, uh, yeah. the secret negative ingredient, yeah. then I'll be oh so rich when I come up with yeah. the solution. But I, I've well, yet to figure it out. Well, it's 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 mind blowing. Right. You're you know, you've been part of uh, IES's. Um, a team, you know, helping us out for the last couple of years. And I mean, we're, you know, we have job postings that have been posted, uh, we'll say for a year, mm-hmm. uh, entry level, hundred, hundred thousand dollar income potential, um, with no cap, they could earn upwards of $200,000 a year. Mm-hmm. We'll get 50 applicants in a week. 25 of the applicants won't even respond to, to the initial, Hey, let's get something on the books and schedule. Mm-hmm. Right. Of the of the of the fifty percent we do schedule, they don't even show up for the interview. The half yeah. that show up for the interview are not prepared, right? And and it, it's mind blowing to me because I look back and think of when I was 18, 19, 20, early twenty years years old, mm-hmm. I would have cut my foot off for a hundred thousand dollars. Oh job, my god! Right? I mean, oh it, my god! And yeah. and so it, it is. Um, to to your point, I wish I knew the the secret to that success and that mentality. 
um, you know, we're, we're always trying to evolve and adapt and, and, and be someone whom, you know, people want to come work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and I understand that there's opportunity everywhere. Uh, but, you know, again, it's just really uh, humbling uh, for for myself to look at the sheer volume of applicants that actually um, can come in and um, would be someone I'm interested in, mm-hmm. uh, in hiring. So, so I, I don't know how you feel about this, but um, in, I have a long ways to go on my journey, but you always hear it's lonely at the top. And I thought, okay, whatever, or okay, just because there's so few that are at the top. Well, what I'm starting to uncover is it gets lonelier the higher you go because people just don't give a shit. And it's actually like the secret here is if you just keep going, your competition actually significantly decreases. Like if you just show up, you're ahead of 90% of the people out there. And had I known that at a young age, I don't know where I'd be. Like I overthought so many things. It's like just show up and do the, not the minimum, but just do your best and people pay attention and will elevate you for that. Yeah, for for sure. No, I mean, I've been um, definitely fortunate in in my career to kind of just be present um, when opportunities presented themselves, uh, whether someone quit, uh, got let go, chose to leave, started their own company, whatever that was, and and just me be willing to, to show up and Hey, I know so-and-so is not here any longer. How, how can I help? Are there pieces I can pick up, phone calls I can make, whatever that may be, has, has really afforded me a lot of opportunity um, throughout my career. So mm-hmm. uh, again, you know, consistency, I think. Uh, yeah, show up, be ready to work consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, am I waking up every morning and, and uh, max effort at 10 out of 10? No, that's, no, no one's built that way. Um, but I am aware when I'm not at a 10. Um, and... Uh, at least when presented the opportunity, sometimes you got to kind of look at, look at yourself and say, okay, I'm drained. I'm tired. My dog died, whatever, whatever that was. And today's the day I got to step up. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no e- effort. Effort is key for sure. E- effort is key. And so what, what you, I, so I want to earmark the, the trades cause I want to go deeper mm-hmm. on that. Um, but what you just said is I'm seeing more and more of it, maybe because it's on my mind or maybe some algorithms or whatever, but I continue to hear discipline is more important than motivation. And I thought the opposite for so long. And what you just said is, yeah, your dog died. You're going through a breakup. You don't feel well, whatever the issue is that we all face. No one is special. No one is that unique. Like, sure. There could be a one-off where it's like, oh, damn, yeah, you need to take some time. But this yeah. is the um, this is the huge exception to the rule, and discipline just showing up like that is that is the ticket. And if you show up and and I want to be careful here. I'm not saying that if you have some, if you've got something that really has you down. And you know that it's going to take three or four days to get over it or whatever. You know there's a period of time. Go ahead and take that and then come back and be better. But other than that, your boss, if you've got a good relationship with your manager or if you've got a good relationship with your founder or president and vice versa, if they have that with you, it should be a situation where you can say, hey, I'm coming in. I've got this under control, but here's what's going on in my life. If something seems a little bit off and if that manager supports you and cares about you, 
they're going to take care of things and help you where it needs to be. But just to this, this ever flowing and wavering, like, oh, I'm not feeling like it today. I'm not motivated by this anymore. I wanted to be a chef and I'm not digging it anymore. Whatever. Everything is going to have its honeymoon phase and everything is going to be not so bright and shiny at someday. And you just got to keep fucking pushing. You yeah. got to keep pushing. No, you, you do. And I, I think, um, you know, I, I have once again been fortunate throughout the various roles and companies I've worked at to, to have some um, leadership that um, genuinely had interest in, in their workforce. Um, and you could have a bad day or, or you could be having a moment in life where um, you're not at, at your best. Um, and you could you could approach um, your, your boss at that time and say, hey, man, I'm going through some stuff, not on my A game. I'm giving it the best I can. And um, just just be advised. Right. And I found mm -hmm. that if you are nine out of 10 days putting in the most effort, taking the service call late at night or um, going out to the customer's job site that was upset and, and willing to work and, and be open to growing and learning and, and being challenged, um, that when you do ask for some grace, it's usually very easily afforded to you mm -hmm. um, as opposed to a, a bad attitude. Uh, not willing, lazy, whatever you want to call it, right? Um, now it's just another day, another excuse, right? right. And right. And, it, and it becomes, um, you know, kind of your your crying wolf. It's like, well, oh, Friday again, having a bad day, got to leave. Okay, got it. Well, it's every every Friday and every Monday, right? Right. Uh, there becomes a trend, uh, right? And so, um, you know, I, I found that that level of communication is is pretty common, honestly. And in the managers I look at that I've had that I've really appreciated. Um, it was an open door They you could go to them and, and not only talk about business, but life. Right. And not mm -hmm. only could you talk about it, they usually inquire, you know, hey, how's things going? Right. Hey, you look tired. Hey, hey, you look like shit. Is everything OK? I mean, right. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, you know me well. I haven't slept in three days. I'm stressed <laughs> out and, and whatever it is. So and it's appreciated, honestly. Yes. That you could have that conversation. So Yes, it, it is. Uh, it is absolutely appreciated. I can think of a, a very specific um, scenario where, you know, being being in the workforce and having something off in your life is a little bit easier to mask. Well, there's a slight caveat. I think it's a little bit easier to mask when you're in the field and you can kind of be in and out of the office briefly versus when you're on Zoom like this or you're on a yeah. camera and they can see right in your face. Yeah. And I can think of a scenario and like you said, I really appreciated it. Um, I was coming back from a trip and it was a delayed flight and it was uh, it was a really fun trip. And I remember... Um, I, I remember my CEO saying, because um, I, I, I get up early because it's East Coast time, but I remember saying, um, hey, if, it, if it's okay with you guys, like my flight got in really late, I'm going to go back to sleep for a few hours. And he looked me dead, and, and I didn't really know him that well at this point. This is one of those transparency kind of give yeah. and take trust situations. And he looks at me and he goes, a few hours? Why don't you go back to bed for a few days? And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> but but it, it let me know that he recognized. Like he, It's not yeah. like he's just going through the motions. He recognized what I needed. He was okay with it. But I also didn't ever want to put myself in that situation again. So that, that changed some of my behaviors a bit because I just that. I mean, it's one thing to show up that way. And I don't know mm -hmm. if anyone else would feel this way. You know, when you throw on the camera, the first thing you see is your face. And if you look yeah. off, you're like, oh, fuck. 
this is going to be a rough one. So, um, yeah, so, so all very important things. Um, in, in, you mentioned the trades and I think that this is a, it's definitely a workforce. It's definitely an option that is not talked about enough. And, and I believe you can correct me if I'm wrong here, there, there hasn't been a good plan to backfill the workforce that is exiting. And there's a huge opportunity if you want to jump in, I mean, if yeah. you talk about that for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, we got a lot of the guys that are, that have been in the trade for 30, 40 years or, or retiring out. COVID uh, was a big influencer on that where they, they had opportunities to, to retire during some turbulent times uh, and, and had uh, chosen to retire and that's, they've worked their whole life to, to earn that. But yeah, I mean, uh, the, we are in need of uh, mechanical trades, whether that's sheet metal, pipe, pipe fitting, plumbing, heating, air conditioning, she, uh, you know, you, you name it. Um, but there's a shortage and it's, it's mind blowing to me. I know I touched on, uh, you know, earning uh, potential and income in some of our internal office type positions. But, you know, we're, we're some of the highest paid trades in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, the guys just got a, a raise uh, back uh, July. So last month. Um, they get annual raise, apprentices get multiple raises throughout the year. But, um, you know, we hire uh, throughout Northern California, some of which are the highest paid pipe trades in, in the world. Mm-hmm. So in, in our North Bay area, we'll, we'll say San Francisco, North Bay, um, you know, journeymen are making 85 $90, $90 an hour. I actually had to look at an uh, individual's paycheck. But one of my field leaders are $104 an hour on the check. Take home gas card, truck. Uh, we pay for for uh, schooling for a five year apprenticeship. There's no debt, no no college. Uh, uniforms, tools are paid for, um, etc. Right, and and again, we have a hard time finding people interested in um, apprenticeship, um, whom whom truly want to make a career out of this. So, um, you know, there's there's a ton of potential in the trades. Um, you know, on any of our, our construction type projects, uh, our electrician partners have the same complaints. Uh, roofers, you know, we're three months out, uh, uh, backlog, mm-hmm. same complaints. So yeah, there's, there is a lot of opportunity out there to be had, whether it's in the trades or sales, um, whatever, uh, avenues are out there. Um, and it's, you know, we don't have a, a, a ton of, um, you know, interest, I, I think, or, or a desire to, to do the hard work, mm-hmm. um, that, that would lead to long-term, you know, financial success and, and health of an individual, but. What, uh, what goes into an apprenticeship? So you said it's five, five years. What is that? How does that plan work out? What does that look like? Yeah, it's uh, you, you'll usually get a, a contractor to, to sponsor you or be willing to say, hey, we, we think this candidate's uh, ready for, for apprenticeship. Uh, they go to school uh, more or less nine, nine months a year, three mm-hmm. hours a, a night for two nights a, a week. It's not paid. Um, so, you know, there's some long days, right? You get up, you, you go to work, you do your eight hours and then you go to school. Uh, you know, three hours a night, and then you have uh, summers off. Right now, the, the, the um, team's out of school uh, during summer, and, and we're slam busy. It's a, it's 106 degrees today, so um, I'm, you know, I'm sure uh, you are very, very, very busy this time of year. Yeah, we're, we we're very busy. Good busy though, right? You're you're always busy doing something. This time of year is a, a good busy. Uh, guys are guys are getting their hours and. Um, uh, guys and gals are getting their hours and um, customers are, are getting taken care of. So yeah, it's definitely um, 
uh, a busy season. I always say if it's if it's nice enough outside where you don't need to run your AC, you want to be outside, you want to go to play softball, cornhole, have a barbecue, it's great for the personal life, bad bad for the HVAC business, right? Mm-hmm. If, if it's so hot, you want to hide out uh, <laughs> and do nothing yeah. or, or so cold where you're freezing and want to go inside, uh, that we're usually pretty busy, so... So if so, there's two. Well, there's multiple routes that you can go if you do get into the trades, and we'll talk about HVAC specifically. Um, you can go the. Well, I'm going to ask you to give me the options, but you can go the technician side. You yeah. can go the sales side. What are the other avenues that are available? Yeah, we. I mean, it's. Uh, I I would say this, and, and we we may digress back to kind of some of my story because I, I had some really good insight from one of my. Uh, managers, but um, you know we have guys that are uh, career uh, uh, field installers or service techs. That's what they they have passion for. They enjoy it. That's what they like. Um, and uh, it's common uh, eventually for them to go into some type of leadership or management role, a foreman, superintendent role. Um, sometimes they'll uh, go into a sales role from the field. They may go into operations support, project manager type roles. Uh, superintendent where they start to manage divisions, et cetera. Um, or oftentimes too, they'll go to us, they'll, they'll leave quote unquote, the trade, they'll go to a stationary role where they're, um, tasked with taking care of uh, a group of buildings full time for a property management company, uh, the state, the County, the utility department, whatever that is. Um, and so, so it's, it's kind of, you know, it's a very interesting, um, I, I think uh, subset or, or market in the trades is that, you could go from swinging a hammer um, eventually into sales if that's that's what interests you um, or into leadership or management or even self-employment. Um, you know, I have several peers that have, have uh, worked uh, for uh, IES or, or competition that 10, 15 years in um, feel comfortable, confident enough to go out and start their own business um, and, and are entrepreneurial in spirit. And I, I commend them for that if that's mm-hmm. what they're they're willing to stake their house and their livelihood on the line and, and go build something um, themselves and go for it, man. You know, shake mm-hmm. shake their hand, wish them luck. So, um, yeah, there's there's a lot of opportunity out there to be had. And if you were to, so we'll use you as a specific mm-hmm. example. I think this is probably the best example that could. This is the best example that we could use for a trajectory of field service technician up to president. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were, let's say you are, well, the age really doesn't matter because you could pick up at any time, mm-hmm. whether you're 18 and you know you don't want to go to school, but you need a job, whether you just got out of college and you're realizing you don't want to do anything you studied for and you're 22, 23, 24, um, whether you got out of whatever and you're 30 and you're looking f- to make a career change mm-hmm. um, and the numbers could go on. But yeah. what would be the steps to fast track in, um, I wouldn't want to fast track any role too much because you, yeah. I'll let you explain it, but I'm sure you learned so much about each aspect of the business coming up. But what would that look like to go from field tech to president and what would the time frame be if you were busting your ass also what would the um, you don't have to share too much but what is the compensation lifestyle yeah. remote work whatever what does that look like from the beginning to where you are now 
yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try to set reasonable expectations and I, and I only have my experiences and, and those around me I've seen um, succeed. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, um, I actually was, uh, went to tech school, ended up getting a degree in diesel technology. So I, I left that, got a job working on heavy equipment, eventually landed at uh, Caterpillar and uh, did industrial power generation. I didn't know that. Did we yeah. talk about this? Uh, maybe I don't know. I mean, so we've who who knows? I may have glanced yeah. over, but yeah, I actually I have a degree in diesel technologies, which is Wyotech's uh, diesel program, more or less, mm-hmm. and uh, loved it, man. Uh, it was a great job. Uh, I was a a young journeyman, and um, quickly realized that the lifestyle and personal goals I had were not in alignment with that income, and mm-hmm. so I had a, a couple buddies. Um, and peers of mine that were pipe fitter plumbers, they were complaining about their uh, five-year $19 raise that they got. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoa, hold on, time out here, man. I, I make $24 an hour. What do you mean $19 raise? Yeah. You know, so it took me a year of, uh, of calling around and uh, in trying to get in uh, at, a, at a shop that they had recommended um, and eventually got on with uh, a smaller union local shop um, got the opportunity, was was afforded an opportunity to go there, went there. The very first day I started there, um, we got bought out by IES. So oh, so good. literally, yeah. my first day in the trade was, welcome to the team. Uh, you have new ownership. Good luck. Okay. Uh, and, uh, you know, that was a, a, a pretty, you know, I took a pay cut mm-hmm. um, to come here and, and bet, kind of betting on, on the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously it's, it's paid off, but... You know, I was willing to invest in myself, start over a whole new trade, a whole new career. I had some mechanical aptitude and skill sets that were applicable, but I was went from a journeyman that was very competent and capable to the green low man on the totem pole. Mm-hmm. Um, and so got, got given that opportunity, was at IES, uh, did, did a, a, about two, two and a half years, almost three years in the field. Wait, I'm, I'm going to actually, so I'm going I'm to pause you there. We're going to pick right, right back up, uh, but I want to go, I, I want to get to what was that, that breaking point when you realized that your compensation wasn't going to keep up with your lifestyle. Yeah. Was was there a moment when you recognized that and then started looking to your friends for what they're doing, or was it your friends saying, "Dude, we just got a nineteen dollar rate, nineteen dollar an hour raise," yeah. and you're like, "Fuck, this isn't working for me." So, what, what was that it, moment? Like? Yeah, probably a little bit of both. You know, um, you know, I, I was uh, working on a very large, some of the biggest, baddest Caterpillar drivetrains out there. I, like I said, I really loved the job. I had a passion for the job. A mm-hmm. um, lot to learn. By no means was I was I uh, the greatest at it, but really enjoyed my coworkers, etc. And and um, you know I had some some buddies, the friends mentioned that you know went out bought new Harleys mm-hmm. and uh, bought their first house. And I'm like, man, how, how are you guys affording this? You know, I I got Harleys and dirt bikes and this and that, but I, I got six hundred dollar a month payments. I'm barely making. You know right. that that type of stuff. And and so somehow we we got talking. Um, and you know, like I said, they. Well, what do you make? Well, what what do you make? You know, um, yeah. and uh, I, you know, I was really blown away. They were surprised that that's quote unquote all I made, mm-hmm. um, and that they, you know, they had known me well enough and mechanically inclined, and they're like, "You could totally do this job, man. You you know, you're probably gonna not make what you make now, but you know, you could do it if if you try hard enough. You know, we we'll, we'll get you hooked up." So, like I said, even with a, a warm intro, you know, I got introduced to three shops. Um, 
it, I, I think I got turned down from the first one uh, in three months, the second one in, in, in six months. Um, ironically, the, the, one of the shops I got turned on to was IES, mm-hmm. um, and I, I got turned down. Um, I basically got, got told, hey, we, we appreciate your interest. Uh, you, you probably want more money than we're willing to pay, and we're really not looking right now. Um, and I continued on my quest, right, um, and uh, finally got introduced to, to the third shop. Again, our first day we I started with them, we we got bought by IES. So, yeah. Uh, what do you what do you think it was that that turned that they turned you down? Because if I'm thinking back on it, or if I'm if I'm thinking yeah. about what you're experiencing now and what mm-hmm. I'm seeing now from the workforce, where yeah. it's very it's rare for someone who actually yeah. shows up and wants to be there. What do you think it was that you didn't get the job? I, I'm very surprised by that. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I could only, uh, project, um, you know, I, I think I was probably, um, you know, the, 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 the question I, I ask a very specific question when I interview someone. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, what, what's a wage that you would feel comfortable at, at coming to work, uh, at IES, um, that, that is not of negative impact to your lifestyle. Right. Um, because, you know, well, what do you want to make is such a subjective question, right? What do you want to make? A million dollars a year. Well, everyone wants to make that, right? If you, if you ask that one question and based an offer off that one question, I think it's short-sighted, mm-hmm. right? What, what do you want to make? Because if I see aptitude and drive and potential, I'll, I'll pay for those behaviors, even though the skill sets don't exist yet, mm-hmm. right? And, and so, you know, I find that a lot of People even in today's market shortchange themselves. We we typically offer more than what someone asked for, um, mm-hmm. and and that and that's really you know I want them to come here feel good, feel like they got a better deal than you know don't shortchange yourself and and fire sale and all t- take minimum wage. No, I'm not looking for a deal. I'm looking for a long term investment and a teammate that I get to work with and go kick butt in the market mm-hmm. for the next 20, 30 years. Um, and, and I got I have to tell candidates that because oftentimes, you know, I, I'll have a number jobs listed at $100,000 earning potential. Well, what would you like to make? $55,000. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about this. So, yeah. so I, I would, in hindsight, I would say that, um, you know, I probably was asking for, for what I was currently making. Mm-hmm. And if, if the question would have been asked that, you know, well, this is an investment. What are you willing to come here to work for with an opportunity to make that? Yeah. Um, I, I think that that conversation would have probably had a little more legs. To I agree. It, you know? I, yeah. Um, and, and ultimately the shop I went to, um, had, had, you know, I had to take a technical kind of test in a hand hands-on interview, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, showed up, showed up prepared on time, communicated throughout, et cetera. But, um, you know, it took a year, you know, they, they, uh, at that time I got into the trade in 2008. So, okay. Timing wise, you know, right. the market was doing some interesting things um, yeah. and that, that may have had something to do with it as well. But um, yeah, it t- took a year, you know, the, the gentleman I was calling basically got tired of me calling him and said, look, buddy, I, I know you're hungry. Thank you for communicating. Please don't call me again until we have 105 degree weather for seven days straight. And no problem. I understand. Absolutely. Probably a month later, we had three days of 100, 100 plus. Mm-hmm. And I called him and said, hey, I'm not going to stop calling. I know I can do this. I want to do this. Uh, I know it's three days. I heard you. Um, but, you know, I'm ready. When when can we do this? And um, I think two weeks later, you know, I, I probably started with him. So, um, 
who, uh, who, who, who instilled or who put that bug in your ear to continue to follow up? Because uh, that's that's not a it's not a common trait. Yeah, I I don't think anyone honestly put the bug in my ear. I, I think it was just the realization of you know if I want this, I I, I need to I need to make this happen, and the personal responsibility was that uh, you know. Um, you usually you don't just get a random phone call. It's, it's kind of the sticky wheel get or uh, uh, squeaky wheel squeaky get greased, wheel. right? Yeah. Where you know this guy knows who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is an opportunity in the future under certain circumstances, and so I'm going to make sure to stay relevant uh, at the front of his mind. That if and when something changes, all right, you know, very least I'll give this guy a call back so he stops calling me. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, I think that just that persistence um, has has had helped me out in, in that opportunity. Um, and that's, that's half of what we do is, is communicate. You know, that's something I would acknowledge as I'm, I, I don't think I've ever been the most talented person in the room. Um, but I, I'm pretty persistent. You know, there's all, there was always way better mechanics or better salespeople. Um, and you know, what I lacked in, in that talent, I think, you know, I'd recognized early on that it just perseverance, persistence, and the willing to learn and, and acknowledge that I was not, the best at X, Y, or Z, and to really focus on who was the best and uh, try to be a student of, of them. You know, I can't sell like, you know, Mike sold mm-hmm. or Bob sold or whoever, but I could pay attention to how they sold and, and what was leading to success and, and try to craft and have dialogue and, and make that my own. So, um, you know, and, and I think I still carry that in, even in my current role and as a president, um, and there's some uh, pretty good readings out there by, by a guy named Ray Dalio. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you, t- you ever talk about him? I don't know if we've talked about him, honestly. There you go. That That's it. Yeah. If, if you can't see Ray. Uh, oh, Ray did I tell you about pre- him? Or? No, no, no. I just have the book. Yeah. 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 yeah right. I, so, I have a so, journal around here too. Um, I don't know if you have to take a quick pause. Um, well, not pause. We're going to talk through this. Yeah. Uh, but this is, I don't know if you're... Let me see if I can pull this out. Uh, this was a gift. I need to, I have not opened this up yet, but um, the, a guided journal by Ray yeah. Dalio. Do you have this too? I, I, I do not. I'm aware of it because I, you know, I know who it is. Yeah. Yeah, please do. But I, I mean, you know, the, the principles, a very successful individual uh, built some immense wealth in, in the stock market. And, and uh, not only did he build wealth, but he, squandered it, failed miserably in the eighties, lost everything, then had to, had to attempt to rebuild it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, to kind of boil it down, you know, he, he's surrounded himself with a bunch of people that are smarter than him yeah. that, that feel comfortable and confident in disagreeing with him. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, the, the, the strength of the team and the decision-making is in the collective and, and not an individual. Mm-hmm. Um, and that th- those, those principles ironically were, were kind of just how, how I have managed in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily think I was taught that, but um, after I, I kind of had saw some short blurbs on uh, probably LinkedIn or something from, from Ray, I, I then went and read and was just kind of taken back by like, wow, this is very similar to, to you know, how I feel you know, a, a well-run company should be run mm-hmm. and how a manager should manage and how a team should, should function. So. Yeah, what a trip, man. Yeah you're, yeah, you're right in the middle of reading reading up on it yourself. Yeah. So great, great read. 
Yes, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm probably a third of the way through, so I'm sure there's a ton. Well, I know there's a ton more, but um, you know, I, I would. I would like to say that I instinctively felt this way, but I'm probably full of shit. Um, it, it's easy to surround yourself with yes men or yes people. Yeah. And the smart thing is to surround yourself with people that are intelligent and experienced and whose opinion you trust. And that will also say, hey, Jason, just got to throw this out there. I disagree. Oh, wow. Thank God. Like, this is what I'm paying you for. Yeah. I'm not paying for you to agree with me. I'm yeah. paying for you to help me see my short my shortcomings. Thank you. Finally, you spoke yeah. up. So yeah, it's uh it it is uh nothing I wouldn't say it's reinventing the wheel, but it's something that's so eye-opening that I think I, I've shied away from as well. Yeah. As well. Well and that's the deal. I mean, I've um you know been very fortunate to to have a team that I get to work with on a day day-to-day basis that's that is comfortable raising a hand and saying, Hey, you know, this, this works okay, but there's a better way. Or, or what about this way? Um, you know, I'm not the one having to sell every job, dispatch every job, go fix every unit. Right. So I, I tend to be pretty keen. I think that in my journey, you know, coming from the field into sales, into a superintendent operations, et cetera, that, you know, I know, I know enough to be dangerous. I know enough to call BS. Um, but I don't know everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and furthermore, you know, I sold 10 years ago, the, the market's significantly different, you know, mm-hmm. um, so social, uh, you know, LinkedIn was, uh, I don't even know if it was a thing 10, 10 years ago. Right. Yeah. It, it was uh, out there. I wasn't using it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think I was, you know, yeah. so social media selling, et cetera. So, you know, it evolves, it changes. And, and, um, you know, I, I try to listen for opportunities, when I hear disagreement or rumblings to, to say, well, hold on, time out, your, your body language or your, you just mumbled, what, what, what do you got for me? Mm-hmm. What, what am I missing here? Is there a better way? Let's, let's talk about that. Right. Um, because, you know, I found that if I could make someone's uh, job more or less as easy as I possibly can, overcome any and all obstacles that they feel they're facing um, and, and then uh, have a fun environment to work. If, if someone comes to work, has fun, feels supported, listened to, and likes what they do, they tend to do a very good job. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's really what we're in the business for is taking care of our customers' needs um, in, a, in a high quality fashion. So, you know, it, it, that's to me, not rocket science. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I look back on, on leaders that I've worked for in the past that I really appreciated or enjoyed working for, they, they ran very similarly as, you know, well, what do you think? What do you agree? Do you disagree? It's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think I just, mimicked you know the the behaviors that i appreciated and enjoyed and and shied away from some of the behaviors and managers i didn't care for mm-hmm. um, and uh, i'm not perfect oh oh dude yeah no yeah. who 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 goes and and uh who goes and tries to spend the most time with the manager or leader that makes them feel like shit or insecure yeah. or whatever i i hide from those people as yeah. much as possible yeah, yeah. That, no yeah. That, that's horrible. Um, you, uh, Ian, I don't want to cut you off here. Um, I'm sure you do something like this and I haven't mentioned this. So this, if you're not doing it, we haven't talked about this before. And for anyone else that's in leadership, um, a really good question 
that can open up. This is you know similar to Ray Dalio, Ray Dalio looking for um, positive disagreement, if you will, mm-hmm. or looking for a different take. Um, I don't know. Do you ever check with your team, anybody, anywhere? Um, this is just because of me. This is usually more sales specific because. Mm-hmm. Your salespeople, when they're making calls, when they're doing outreach, whatever that is, uh, the, the biggest thing that can get in the way of someone being successful is conviction or belief in the product. Uh, do you ever check in as, from a leadership perspective and ask anonymously, however they want to do it, whether it's 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, six months, what has made you feel less positive or has anything made you question our products, our service, or our company? And then when you get that feedback, fix it. Yeah, assuming yeah. it's a realistic thing that can be, you know, not not something that's uh, petty, but something yeah. real and fix it and then go back again. Okay, in the last 60 days, the last 30 days, has anything happened that makes you feel less secure about your job, less secure about this, less, yeah. um, less, uh, like I said, convicted to go out and sell this? But do you ever do those check-ins? Yeah, I, I do. I, I class, um, you know, with my, my leadership team, you'll hear, you know, they would tell you, I'll, I'll talk about influencers. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking, Instagram. <laughs> yeah. you know, you, you have managers, you have supervisors. I think there's distinct differences between those. And then you have influencers. And so, some of the most important people within an organization, I think, can be overlooked, mm-hmm. and they're influencers, right? It may not be the foreman, but it's the senior tech that could be a foreman if he wanted. He doesn't. All the guys go to for uh, feedback or insight or help and that type of stuff. And I, I tend to like to solicit them because there's no stake in the game, right? They're not tied to an outcome other than their own. Um, and check in. Hey, how are things? I know we just changed our GPS system or we, the new vans showed up. What do you think of the new vans? Um, and it's kind of the canary in the coal mine, mm-hmm. right? They'll tend to be a little more open, I think, with, with feedback, which is what I want, right? I don't want to be told, oh, everything. I mean, yesterday uh, I, I had a, a, a very talented young, young apprentice, not a manager, not anything, went out, got a new van. Uh, I went out uh, to the new van and said, what do you think? Well, it, it's pretty good, but and then he, you know, I don't want to sound ungrateful. No, what's your, what's your butt, mm-hmm. right? Well, the seating position's not great. Uh, it feels like it's a little underpowered. Uh, I don't like the drawers or whatever. Okay, that's good feedback. We, we can change that. Unfortunately, I, I can't get a transit van to save my life right now. So the, right. the GMC is what we get. But yeah. uh, the rest of it, we, we could accommodate, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I think, again, I, I think that that's, that's important to... Um, be open to to hearing what needs to change because there's no shortage of opportunity um, day in and day out of, of things that we can critique to either take care of our internal customers, which is the employees, um, or and ultimately our external customer uh, who's paying the bill. For so, sure, yeah, so yeah. You know, we I seek that feedback uh, quite often. That's no, that's that's tremendous, and <clears throat> in a uh, you know in a world in a globe that is ever changing by the minute by the second. I'm a huge, huge, huge believer in if it's not broke, don't fix it. But we do need to do the maintenance. We do need to do the yeah. check-ins to see where it's broken or if maybe what was once not broken what was once not broken is now not performing to the level of the competition or expectations or 
you know, I mean, you could look at pay, you know, pay 15 bucks an hour, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it was like, oh, okay, yeah, I could deal with that. Where I think the minimum wage, don't quote me on this, but yeah. I think the minimum wage I saw it somewhere in California is like 25 bucks an hour now. Something oh, like that. I, I thought we were about 15, but I, I honestly, I think it's I Southern know. California, but I'm not positive. Okay. I'm not yeah. positive. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know if you've seen, um, it's been all over social media, but the new, um, pay increase at UPS. Have you seen this? Oh, I've heard about it, but I, not in detail. 170. Okay. UPS driver, 170. Yeah. Is the minimum? Is, um, I th so I think that, I, I don't want to speak to this and be yeah. incorrect, but I think that if you are a full-time UPS mm -hmm. driver, I yeah. think that's the expect that's the expectations. Um, me, uh, a buddy of mine, I think we were eight, Team went to go apply for like a temporary, I think it was around Christmas, a temporary UPS job. And so let's say, let's say that was 2005, 2006, something in that realm. And I remember then thinking, I think we paid 35 bucks an hour, so call it 70 grand a year. And yeah. this is called 18 years ago. And then I was thinking, like, holy shit. And it's funny because thinking that, like, 70 grand, could you imagine what our lives would yeah. be like? And then yeah. You know, I'm looking back like, okay, that's not, you know, that's not what I once thought it was, but uh, yeah. yeah, 70 to 170, that's a pretty big jump over 18 years. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, you know, I, and then, you know, I probably sound a little out of touch, not knowing minimum wage, but you know, our, our minimum wages paid are significantly over minimum, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. even uh, some of our entry level uh, pre-apprentice uh, tradesman level, which are kind of your, your very entry level green uh, position is a percentage of journeymen. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, you know, we're talking $30, $40 entry level pay per hour um, for for a very green, you know, non-skilled per se um, a position. So. No, that's that's really good. Yeah. That's really good. And especially this is, this is really good pay for a company that is invested in you being successful. It's an apprenticeship. They're yeah. not out here to dick you around. Excuse me, like, well, it doesn't matter. They're not out here to dick you around. Like, they're looking to help you grow. So if they're willing to invest yeah. this on the front end, what does it look like five years down the road? What does it look like 10 years down the road? And I'm going to use this somewhat um, just because this has come up so many times that I think this is a really good way to utilize some changes that are going on and some uh, some unseen or unnoticed opportunities, um, but maybe we'll make this the the trades promotional podcast. So yeah. if so, if you come in, you jump in, you're at you come in as a tech. What is your path look like? So you you went away from Caterpillar, you get the job, you're working. Where do we go from there, and what are the time frames? And uh, yeah, yeah, give us the journey from there to now. Yeah, there's uh, there's kind of two two sides of the business, more or less. You, you have a, a a service which is repair, um, fix, maintenance, maintain existing infrastructure, and then you kind of have a have a construction side of the business, whether it be ground up construction, new construction, um, or uh, remove replacement of existing infrastructure on um, existing sites, etc. So, um, you know, there's it's kind of a they're distinctly different from each other. Um, service, uh, more or less, eventually you're going to be a one-man band. Uh, you have uh, uh, quite a bit of flexibility in schedule, et cetera. You're kind of managing yourself as long as you're meeting your customers' expectations. Life is good. And then you have kind of the construction side of the business, which can offer a lot of stability, 
eight to five, you're on a job site with uh, five, 10, 20, 100 other coworkers doing a scope of work uh, and uh, a, a little more of a team environment. Uh, and some people love, love that and love to build things. And some people uh, tend to gravitate towards repairing things. Uh, but uh, either of those, you know, you're probably a couple years uh, in an entry level position before your employer is going to find uh, uh, and feel comfortable, confident of putting you in an indentured apprenticeship program. Um, and then that's a five year uh, path. And then uh, once you uh, journey out, if it's a collective bargain, you know, a union type gig, typically you're going to have the potential and freedom of movement. Once you get that journeyman card, you could go anywhere in the country and work. And, uh, you know, we've, we've had employees, I've seen employees that, you know, they're, they're going to bounce around. They love traveling. Uh, they're going to come to California for a couple of years work. And then, uh, Hey, Idaho sounds great. I want to hit the, uh, hunting season for X, Y, and Z. I'm going to go up there for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, usually uh, towards the end of that, um, they're going to have an idea if they would like to progress out of the field of, of what interests them sales, um, operations, project management, that, that type of stuff. So, um, you know, and I, I would ad- advise um, only just to st- state what makes you, what interests you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, let, it, let it be known that, um, hey, you know, I have interest in X. You know, I was fortunate enough, like I said, our general manager at the time uh, thought that I would be good in sales, had approached me and said, hey, um, you know, you're doing great. Customer service is great. You know, what do you want to do when you grow up, per, per se, right? And I, well, I am growing up. No, no, long term, what do you want to do? Um, and, and we got talking, and sales was interesting to me, um, but not, I wouldn't say my passion. My, my interest was to become a service manager. That, that was my end game. I thought that my uh, best path would have been a uh, journeyman to a foreman to a service manager. Um, and he, he had, agreed with that, but also advised that um, sales would probably be a faster path for me to get there um, and that I needed to learn a little more about the business. Um, Yeah, technical is technical, but there's much more to the business than um, turning the wrench per se. And so, um, you know, I was going through some things uh, in in life, like we we talked about kind of uh, decisions I was making probably were not the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had enough of an interest in me to kind of grab me by the ear and pull me aside and say, hey, what's going on with you? Uh, there seems to be a change. Pull your head out of your out of your rear. Um, you're not living up to your potential. Um, and that that would really caught my attention because, you know, yeah, I thought I could be a service manager one day. But to hear someone that you really respected and admired in the trade, you know, sit you down and say, hey, knucklehead, um, you're blowing it. Um, and you're letting me down because I'm seeing all this talent and, and uh, what, I, what I see as potential just pissing down the drain, right? Um, that, that really got me thinking um, pretty quick. And so... What was it? What was it that changed your performance? What was it that he noticed? You know, all, all sorts of stuff. Attendance. I mean, uh, just showing up to work with a black eye is not a good look, especially when you're... When you're <laughs> Facing a customer, right? It's like, hey, either either get really good at fist fighting or, or pull your head out of your butt. Yeah, you know. Uh, and I sucked at fist fighting, so um, you know that that's that's just what it was, you know. And um, you know, what are you what are you doing here, man? I know you got all this extracurricular stuff going on. You're 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 young and having fun and making good money, but 
you know, to what end. And, um, you know, if you keep it up, not only are you probably not going to progress in your career, you may, you may digress, right? So you mm-hmm. need to make some decisions. Um, and, and I just think that the interest taken in me, um, it's, it's kind of one of those moments where it's like, man, I have, I'm surrounded by people that, that see the potential in me that I'm having a hard time seeing myself. And it really kind of caught me off guard that it was other people cared about my future more than I, I think at the moment I cared. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was really what kind of woke me up to like, wow, you know what, what I'm doing today and, and who I'm hanging out with and what I'm doing, you know, after work and on weekends and really sets the tone or could set the tone and impact my, my future. Right. And it's circles. Yeah, it is right. Your influence, your circle of influence, right. Your, your top. And so, you know, when you step back and you look at that and then I looked at, at who I wanted to be or who I thought I could be, right. That there was some, some pretty significant misalignment. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I don't think there's really any secret to success. I think that when I started to focus on investing time, in, into uh, skill sets uh, or um, or disciplines in the career and trade that I wanted to eventually get into that all of a sudden success found me mm-hmm. that's not a that's not a coincidence right, right. Um, it's it's just kind of the, the ROI of hey you know what instead of going out and partying and, and riding my motorcycle all, all, all weekend with my buddies um, and coming into work Monday with a hangover right hey why don't I why don't I go work some overtime, even if it's for free with our best mechanics so I can go learn how to tear down a piece of equipment or what have you mm-hmm. um, and, and just spend that that time in a in a proactive, productive, you know, mode um, paid paid back in dividends mm-hmm. uh, and, and and quite quickly, to be honest. I mean, it, once you start to see that effort being rewarded um, by your peers and your, your coworkers and, and your boss it became pretty easy to like cut the shenanigans. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, and then just focus on, on really some proactive, productive things mm-hmm. in life. So in, I, I keep, I keep jumping into pause on certain things that I think are really important. And you mentioned um, once you start to see the ROI, once you start to see that you're cleaning up things in your uh, personal life, you saw it transfer over to your professional life. Um, for the listener, for someone who's tried something and then given up pretty quickly, mm-hmm. this is just like, you, this is so cliche. You hear it repeatedly, but there's nothing more true. And that's going to be trust in the process because you're not going to see the results right away. Whether you're trying to lose weight, whether you're trying to speak a new language, pick up a new skill, yeah. you're probably going to feel worse about yourself. I'm not even going to say probably you are. You're going to stumble. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to think it's a waste of time. And it could be, let's say you're on a weight loss plan. You might go for five to six weeks before you even see anything change. Mm -hmm. And then once you see that little glimmer of light, that's where the ROI, like what Jason's talking about, is like, oh shit, I'm doing the right things. I'm doubling down. But for anyone who's given it a shot, anyone who says, I'm going to quit smoking cigarettes or whatever. And um, you know, they did it for a week. It wasn't worth it. I had headaches. Keep fucking pushing. 
Just yeah. keep it pushing. You have to trust in the process. Yeah. And you know what? Give it two years if you haven't noticed anything, then maybe it's not for you. But yeah. de definitely, whatever yeah. you think it's going to take, we're going to use my, my rule of three right now. If you think it's going to take you a week to get good at something, times it by three, maybe four. If you yeah. think hanging, cutting, cutting the late nights out with your friends is going to make you feel better at work and it's you know the first week you want to go out again, give it three or four, whatever that is. So yeah. jumping back to you, well, but I, I had to touch on that. No, I, I think I think we we are uh, predisposed to focus on what 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 is not versus what is mm -hmm. right, and so yeah, it, it does take time. You know, I, I talk in in pretty grand scales with with my team on a regular basis that you know we'll take fifteen hundred to two thousand service calls in a month, mm -hmm. um, and I'll, I'll have a salesperson in my office, you know, miffed because. Um, we didn't meet a, uh, a customer's expectation. And I agree that's unacceptable. That's one complaint in 2000 at bats. Yeah, right? that's pretty damn good. And, and are there others? I'm sure there are, right? But in the grand scheme of things, like we could focus and, and just dwell on this one mess up or we could celebrate that, you know, we're 99.9% .9 effective and then take the opportunity to, to, to work on the one, right? Absolutely. So, so, you know, again, it's it's the small things. I think we tend to just stay so fixated on the end goal without realizing that there's a thousand steps to get to that end goal. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, quit. You, you quit smoking. Um, hey, I had three smokes today instead of a pack. Hey, that's 17 less cigarettes that I've had. Right. right. As opposed right. to man. Oh, I it's, it's blown. I'm yeah. not good at this. I, I'm I, jumping I right back in. Right. Because yeah. it's. It's, it's a step in the right direction and it does take time. And I, I think that with consistency, when, when people around you see the continued perseverance and effort that they're willing to invest, they're willing to support, they're willing to cheer you on. Um, and, and when you can find that um, culture, um, mm -hmm. regardless of what you're doing or your friend group or whatever, that, that's when you know you've, you've got a recipe to, to succeed, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, I've... I got a lot of really dumb sayings, but you know, the grass is yellow on both sides of the fence. It's just the cows you hang out with. For sure. So, yeah. So go, go find a group of cows that, that you, you like enjoy that. spending time with that, that you, you want to support, they'll support you and life will be pretty, pretty good. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. I'm going to yeah. use that. Okay. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it, this is, I'm just going to touch on this one more time. Just the, this is, this is of tremendous value for the, 18 year old Derek, the 25 year old Derek, shit, the 30 year old Derek. So hopefully it'll affect somebody out there. Um, but when we're talking about the extracurricular activities, the circles, the habits, whatever, um, I just saw something and it was with Muhammad Ali. And this interviewer asked, What is the central focus? And I'm going to butcher this a little bit, but what's the central focus of your training? Is it running? Is it sparring, strength training? Like what, what is it that um, it's the hardest or most focal point of your success? And he looks at the dude and he goes, the hardest thing that I have to do is avoid the nightclubs, mm -hmm. avoid the parties, not go out and eat unhealthy. Make sure I'm in bed at 9 p.m. and I'm alone. Yeah, That's the hardest thing. And when you remove, you know, it's like, and this is this is like this is a total this is me being just like soapbox shit i i've got my own you know I, I, 
I'll eat candy. I eat bad food. Like I definitely have my cheat days. Like I'm not saying that I'm better than this, but when, when you look at anything from a work perspective, life perspective, um, there almost always when there's a problem, the, the solution is so simple, but we're so used to it that we don't look at removing this very comfortable item as being the next steps to success. Like, like, Oh man, I hate like for me, I get up at five almost every day. My first meeting is at six. And I would have thought rewinding back, this is, this is impossible. I'm never going to do that. I actually embrace it now because I get time on my own um, in the mornings. But when I talk to someone, it's like, I can never wake up that early. Oh, I just feel so shitty in the night. It's like, well, what time do you go to bed? Oh, you go to bed at two, at two in the morning every night. Well, no fucking shit. You can't get up early. Like you have to put, uh, you have to set a bedtime alarm. Um, you just never feel good until about noon. Well, what are you putting in your body? I have about two Red Bulls before 10 a.m. Well, dude, no, you're fucking tweaking out, you know, at work. And it's like these little, we, we want to like, oh, let me work harder. Let me stay later in the office. Let me make an extra cold call, which all of those are good. But let's look at the simple shit that we can remove that will make every other cold call you made that much better because you sound like a human, not like you're cracked out on Red Bull. You sound like you slept the night before. You sound like you know what you're talking about because you studied the product, whatever it is. These yeah. fixes are usually so simple and we look for we look for these wild solutions that um, mm-hmm. are expensive, damaging, um, costly, not just from a monetary perspective, mm-hmm. but just costly to our lifestyle. And uh, anyway, that's, well, that's my little rant. <laughs> and I would just say this, Derek, I think that oftentimes we look for the, the, uh, the easy button. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and sometimes there's just no easy solution. It is hard work, dedication, blocking, tackling, very basic, repetitive things that create behaviors that can lead to success. Yeah. Um, and that's not fun. It's not fun to have to get up at five in the morning every day. Right. right. But I think that that behavior has led to success for you. Right. I would only mm-hmm. forecast. And so that it, it then becomes easy to repeat that behavior. And then the, the thing I would say is. We're surrounded by people that there's probably someone that that you work with now or have worked with that you think back and think, man, if one day I could be that guy, (laughs) that guy's the best sales guy or gal, or they're the best mechanic or whatever that is. Take them to lunch. It's a $40 cost and and you're eating, right? Take them to lunch and say, Hey man, or, 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 woman, whoever, yeah. I want to, to get to where you, you're at. How do I get there? Mm-hmm. Right. And it, it's painful. So the feedback you'll get sometimes hurts. Yeah. Well, and, and right. Especially if they're, if you're friendly with them, well, why don't we start with showing up at work, combing your hair, tucking your shirt in, right. And blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah. well, what do you oh. mean? You know, that's a problem. Well, you didn't brush your teeth. You didn't comb your hair and you were late the last week, whatever that is. Right. Um, it's hard, right? But but that's it's appreciated in hindsight. That's a yes. hard conversation to have. Yes. Yeah. Yes. What do they what do they say? Hard conversations, easy life, easy conversations, hard life. Or avoiding yeah. the hard conversations. Yeah. yeah. No. What which you don't the um 
the disgusting cold medicine that's hard to swallow is usually the one that works yeah um, as opposed to the bubble gum kids flavor yeah yeah, yeah. you know i'm yeah. taking the heavy hard pill every time if if allowed uh, yeah that's yeah that that is um that's my mo in in using so using this example because i don't want to uh i don't want to screw this up with time so for that field service tech, for that person that's looking to make a career change and using you as the mentor for this, what are the next steps? You went from field service tech, you've got a sales opportunity. What are the steps yeah. that, and maybe you didn't ever, maybe you would have done things a little differently, but what would you recommend for someone that wants to follow your footsteps or even follow some of them to get to a certain level? And maybe that's where they're happy. Yeah, I would. So, you know, I, I left the field, um, had opportunity to go into sales. I took a pay cut. Mm -hmm. I tell this story oftentimes. I took a significant pay cut. Now, the comp plan was built in such that if I was successful, I could make more. Mm -hmm. um, and so basically, you know, I, I've always appreciated, you know, this will sound probably a little harsh, but I, I, haven't, been given any, I haven't been given anything in life. Right. I wasn't given uh, a position because people liked me. Right. Mm -hmm. I was given an opportunity to fail. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what I'm appreciative of, because I've never any any job, I've any promotion, any uh, new role I took. I'd, I would have been fired if I failed. I mm -hmm. knew that. Um, it, it was discussed that, you know, hey, you're do, you're doing pretty good in sales now. You're making good money in sales. You know, you, we can put you in this ops role, but if things don't get better and you don't have an impact, your, your sales job is fulfilled. You're not going back to sales, mm -hmm. right? And I, I took a pay cut to go into management, right? And now the, the goal is to, to excel and succeed and eventually, yeah, you, you make some more money. Um, and that's great. Um, but I, I focus on what I have control on, right? Uh, and so I go into sales. I focused on being the best salesperson I could be. Um, I, again, I was surrounded by very competent, talented people, um, and they noticed, I, I feel that they had noticed my efforts and, and my persistence, and thus they invested in me. And, and I asked a lot of questions, and I shut up. Um, the, me telling them what I think was six months in the, in the sales realm and their career, 20-year-old or 20 years of sales experience, really wasn't my place, right? Mm -hmm. I could disagree. I could tell them I disagree and ask some questions, but I was there to learn. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I learned to the best of my ability. Uh, like I said, had some success, enough success to uh, identify issues where operations uh, was uh, not what I had hoped. And I felt let, let down and, um, and understood that that impacted my, my, uh, my pay. And again, felt comfortable enough to speak up to, to my management team that, supervised me and said, Hey, you know, this is great. We're doing a pretty good job, but what if it looked like this? Mm -hmm. What if we did it differently? And what if, and what if, and kind of challenged them to, this is not good enough, right? Mm -hmm. The customers say it's not good enough. I'm not making as much money as I think I could make, you know, what if? And so, uh, about three years in, in sales, I was afforded the opportunity of kind of a, a service manager, superintendent role again, took a pay cut. Um, and uh, took took that role head on um, with a lot of responsibility, and, and that's probably where I, I probably learned the most about mm -hmm. uh, the business, the the trade industry, people management, all that good stuff. Um, was in that role. It's probably the most frustrating position I've I've ever had, 
um, as well as one of the most rewarding uh, positions as well. I think I was, you know, I'm young now, but uh, service management, I think I was 20, 28, 29 years old managing. Oh, uh, yeah, managing about a $9 million business. Um, everyone knew me. That was good. That also sucked because, you know, I'm trying to tell the guys that I looked up to in the field what to do. Yeah. Right. And I quickly learned that I couldn't tell them what to do. Yeah. They, 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 I had to have their buy-in. They had to agree with what needed to be done. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that was, that was a very trying time of, of trying to go from a peer to a supervisor. Right. That's, that's got its own baggage. Um, yeah. I, it, a ton of baggage. Yeah. And you said everyone knew you. So I can only imagine for the call it 50 year old guy that's yep. watching this 28, 29 year old that, yeah. that they watched come up the ranks, that they watched show up with a black guy, that they watched do whatever. And now it's like, well, it, it, and I've had this experience. Well, you have earned the position and yeah. well, you absolutely mm-hmm. should be there. That person that knows you from being 23, 24, you're always going to be the 23 or 24 yes. year old Jason to them. Oh, yeah. And so they're like, 100%. what the fuck are you doing? Tell me what yeah. to do. Like, I well, remember when you walked and, in here. And here's the beauty of it is, hey, hey guys, hey, Mr. 50 year old, we both know, I don't know what needs to be done. The, the beauty is I, I'm the one that's got to get it done. You like me. We, we know each other. We trust each other. What needs to be done and how can yeah. you help me? Yeah. Um, accomplish that right and you and be patient with me right yeah. this isn't a snap of the fingers and voila hey everyone gets their way everyone's happy in a month i mean it's this is going to take some years guys we we got some work to 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 get done um and it's and i again it's just the small stuff right you have to celebrate the small wins mm-hmm. and you have to learn from the small losses um yeah. and and they 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 come fast and furious as yes. fast as you're high-fiving hey we did a good job and we're doing better here you're going to get kicked in the teeth and Holy cow! How how did we mess that up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, uh, that's that's kind of how I how I had gone from sales in into uh, service management, um, and uh, again, you know, very thankful for the opportunity to to take that challenge on. I think, um, and bet on myself. That's pretty much it. Which which um, you know, unfortunately, fortunately for you, but unfortunately. Most people, most, I, I would say the majority wouldn't take that opportunity. And, and when you're saying pay cuts, I want to make sure the, the listener understands, and um, you can clarify this if I'm wrong, a pay cut with the opportunity to make more should you be yeah. successful. So going from if you're killing it in sales and you go to a management role, you are taking the ball away from yourself and giving everyone else a ball. So you're your initial pay, what are you were doing as a sole contributor, that goes away. And it's risky. You have yeah. to bet on yourself oh, I mean, and adapt. I'll, I'll give you numbers. I mean, in each of those examples, I took a $20,000 pay cut. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if I succeeded with, with bonuses and this and that and the other, I, I could make more. Mm-hmm. Um, and But if I didn't, then I made less, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, when I left, when I went from, when I, when I changed, industries altogether i i sold a couple dirt bikes i had mm-hmm. right in order to afford that that opportunity took because i took a pay cut right couldn't couldn't make the, the to payment. create some runway yeah right yeah um ultimately from there into sales again took a pay cut sold my harley right <laughs> had, had to get rid of the payment um but 
but I, I knew I didn't need that stress. Uh, I could have probably swung it, but let's focus on work and, and not worry about payments, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then into management, uh, again, you know, um, sold whatever toy. I think it was, a, a, I had two trucks at the time, building a, some type of four, four-wheel rig. And yeah, now getting getting rid of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that that's what I've, I've found is that there's, there's always opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to take the opportunity and it's uncomfortable. Uh, I... I could have stayed doing what I was doing, stayed in my lane, been very comfortable. It's very easy to calculate what I could make. I had a couple of years. I knew in sales I made X dollars. I could work a little harder, make more, or I could keep cruising and, and make good money. But um, ultimately, you know, I had a passion for uh, a better mousetrap, if that makes sense, and understood mm-hmm. that the impact of getting some things fixed up and uh, some slight adjustments here and there could have had a much greater impact to uh my peers, the other salespeople, getting hours for the for the team, selling more work because because our product uh, because our product is is better at that point in time. That was more interesting to me than uh, you know selling. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. So, yeah. No. no yeah. It, it absolutely does make sense. Um, so. E- if you feel comfortable with this, you can give a range from, uh, you can give an industry range or yeah. you can talk about IES if it's up to you. But um, so you mentioned, I'm not sure if you said tech or journeyman, but you said in the Bay Area, there's some uh, maybe more senior techs that are approaching, mm-hmm. did you say like 102 an hour? 104, 60 an hour, I think is what the, what the foremans make out there. Yeah. So 104 an hour is if you are out in the field, once you have experience that that's an opportunity. What about, um, if you feel comfortable, what is a, what does a top salesperson make? Man, we, we've had salespeople make well into the hundreds. Mm -hmm. Um, we, we, uh, historically have done a lot of, uh, K through 12 energy sales type stuff where we've, we've had, uh, paydays in, in, upwards of a million dollars for mm-hmm. individuals selling uh, tens of millions of dollars worth of work. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's one of the blue collar trades out there where, you know, you really can make a, a killer living, very comfortable living, um, go to work, have fun, use your, use your hands. You don't have to have a, a college degree. Um, yeah, ironically, I, I think some of our top salespeople are not per, per se, uh, educated you know they they don't have masters in in sales excellence or whatever you want to call it yeah not necessary experience is more uh life experience is more valuable than a degree in my opinion unless you're a doctor or an attorney that's yeah and and i think that the common theme in in any one of those people that i think back and are are the guy or gal right our top sales gal guy top tech uh my favorite boss whatever you know they're kind of can do will do attitude um, is very common theme um, mm-hmm. through, throughout them, and and their stories, ironically, um, I would say are, are pretty similar to my own. Where, you know, it's it's very common uh, in my peer group now, and a majority of the the presidents I've gotten to meet um, within my parent parent company, etc. They were in, they were in a truck turning a wrench at one point in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where they started in a truck or sweeping a floor in a shop. Um, and you get talking to them, and it's very similar. Where it's like, well. The company had a need. I was willing to give it a try and I just didn't fail, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and sometimes there is digression and, or I did fail. I was repurposed to do this. And, uh, five years later I got where I needed to go, you mm-hmm. know, uh, just kind of the stick to itness of, of, uh, put your head down and work. So, 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, a ton of money to be made out there in general in the trades and um, a lot of opportunity, in, in my opinion, for a lot of people. And if, if someone specifically wants to come work with you and work for IES, what would, uh, how, how do they get a hold of you? Man, I, I don't even know. Uh, you know, there, we, we have our website. It's uh, currently under uh, redevelopment, but mm-hmm. um, they're, they're, they're welcome to reach out. Info at IES-HVAC.com. That'd probably be their best, best uh, out, uh, outlook or, or means to get a hold of me. Um, and I'd happily happy to chat with them, even if it's bounce some questions off, non-industry related. I'm, I'm you know, again, um, you know, I, I think uh, people helping people is a good thing. Um, I, I was very fortunate to have some, some people that have been very, um, uh, able and available to help me throughout my career. Um, and, and so please reach out. Awesome. Well, so if, if, if you do not hear back for some reason, um, you can always contact me, which is info at riverside.fm. Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm looking at something. I'm, I'm reading off the, uh, the web address bar. That is not my email <laughs> info at constructing success.fm. Um, if you have any questions for Jason, if you have any questions for me, um, comments, whatever, if you don't like the shirt I'm wearing, just any feedback, that's what I'm here for. And as, as I, um, as I wind this down, um, I do have a couple more personal, uh, questions Mm -hmm. for you, Jason. So you, you perfectly segued into this. You said you've had some, um, you've had some mentors and some people that helped you and steered you in the right, right direction. Um, if you were to think back, it could be one, it could be more, um, whether it's a coach, whether it's a sales manager, whether it's a family member, if you could thank somebody for helping shape your trajectory, um, who would that be and why? Man, I only get one. I have no, 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 no. Here. You could do five. You could do 10. I, I, yeah. I, I, my list would be so long. I don't even know where to begin. Yeah. Um, Man, there's a couple names. Uh, there's a gentleman named Ryan Brand. He, he was my first foreman in, in this trade. Um, he's he's the guy that hired me and, and got me into the mechanical trades. He's got a passion for the trades. Is one of the funniest, funnest supervisors I ever had. Um, a gentleman named Jeff Russell was was one of my first bosses. Uh, he's the guy that moved me up to Sacramento. Um, great guy to work for. Can do, will do. He's he's the type of guy that's going to lead from the front. Um, appreciate the heck out of them. Um, and you know, look back and, you know, I don't think I'd be sitting where I am today unless he talked me into moving to Sacramento. Uh, Mark Sampaio, uh, was a general manager, took me out of, um, out of my service, uh, service van, put me into sales. He's, he's the guy that grabbed me by the ear, sat me down and said, Hey, get, get your act together, bud. Um, still talking. That was Mark. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, I still still talk to him to this day. Talk to him last week, um, and still um, welcome any and all feedback, advice. You know, I'll bounce stuff off him and give him a call and say, "Hey, am I overreacting? Am I, am I being a jerk? Am I being soft? What are, what are your thoughts?" Right? Because um, I trust his input. He's he's been in the trade a long time, um, and he's a he's a great guy. Um, Charlie and Stan Butts. Those are those are the historically the. Um, uh, owners of, of IES that I, I worked a majority of my career with, both Charlie um, and and Stan have been very good to me. Um, I've learned a lot of lessons from them. Um, 
they're very uh, traditional value, kind of old school guys that um, tell it like it is. And uh, as long as you're willing to, to carry that flag, they'll, they'll continue to, to support you. Um, and very fair and, uh, you know, uh, good guys to work for, I guess. They do what they, they say. So um, those are, those are who, who, who come to mind immediately. There's, there's probably a hundred more that I'm going to get off. Yeah, this call. Yeah, yeah, Dang, yeah. I wish, I wish yeah. I would naturally said this, you know, but, but those are kind of the, the guys that, that were, were willing to, to give me an opportunity, you know, um, and, and help support me to, to, to be the best version of myself I could be in that moment. Um, and, and that, um, is appreciated for sure, especially in hindsight. Well, and please, uh, <clears throat> please tell Stan. I say hello. Is he still enjoying the humidity down in Florida? He is. Yeah. yeah living, living the dream. Right. So, uh, no, he's, he's, uh, he's doing very well, still calls and, and gives me a hard time Good. on a regular basis. So. That's what he's there for. And for yep. any, anybody that you skipped over, my recommendation for you, and this is just a good thing in general, is as they pop into your head and you think, fuck, yeah. I should have said something, shoot him a text. Yeah. Shoot them just a quick voice note. Yeah, and no, it's a great be, point. They will be most appreciative. Um, I do have two more questions for you. Yeah. If you've got time. Okay. Go for it. Yeah. So everybody's got their shit. We all have good days. We all have bad days. Um, good days. That's great. I'm, I'm not as curious about that. Yeah. Bad days in a leadership role. You've got to show up. Bad days. You don't feel like putting your shoes on and, and uh, doing what you need to do. Mm-hmm. How do you, from a mental perspective, whether it's a physiological thing, what do you do to snap out of it as soon as possible? Oh, well, we're all, we're all human. I wish I could mm-hmm. tell you I've, I've mastered this, but um, I, I would say this is that, you know, we, we tend to project, well, let me digress a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I've, I was uh, given the opportunity to, to run IES as a president um, late last year. Um, and it, I would say that one of the biggest things that had caught me off guard is um, the general awareness, focus, and attention that people pay to what I do, what I say, how I dress, how I look. You know, like it's kind of funny you said, you know, well, you got to get up, you got to show up. And if I'm having a bad day and get snippy or snappy, it's noticed, right? And before mm-hmm. I know it, 10 people know it because so-and-so said so-and-so. And, and the reality is, is that whatever's going on in the grand scheme of things is, is probably not that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, and whomever I, I snip at or, or got short with probably didn't deserve it, right? Yeah. And, and so, you know, I, I try to have a very granular, you know, just because I'm having a bad day doesn't mean others need to have a bad day. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and I would say that if I catch myself where I just don't have the time or patience or energy, I have to own it. Mm-hmm. Um, because to your point, we are human. We do have those moments. We do have bad days. We do lose a job. Uh, so-and-so quit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's tough. It's a grind. It never stops. No. And so you, you do, you know, I got to push back from my desk. Yeah. Just kind of laugh about it and understand that, Hey, we're going to figure it out. Yeah. You know, uh, and the team team is going to figure it out collectively. We'll, we'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and own it. You know, I, I think that, um, hiding from it, procrastinating, uh, you know, you, you can kind of, uh, sell yourself on, 
on a circumstance so that you you minimize or, or mitigate you know the responsibility that you may have had um, mm-hmm. and and the good news is now the buck stops with me there's no one to point a finger at right right and right. so that i can't get away from that reality yeah. and i i enjoy it because it's it is my responsibility i have 150 families i'm responsible for right um and i and i take an immense responsibility to that so me sulking in the corner having a bad day being a little a little jerk uh for to someone that doesn't deserve it uh isn't doesn't work right so um, yeah. it's really all right we got to figure this out again rally the troops get the get the group of trusted advisors and peers together and say hey here's the cards we're dealt Yep, it sucks. Okay, we're done complaining. Now, what's the plan and how are we going to get through this? Mm-hmm. And, and I trust that the six, five, eight hundred and fifty of us can can make this happen. Right. Yeah. No, that's that's good. And, and I don't know if you, um, I'm sure you've noticed this because this is along the lines of what we were talking about. But when when something's not going well, when the shit's about to hit the fan, whatever it is, the higher you get up and being in your role. Um, you know, maybe when you were a, a field tech, mm-hmm. you could, and if we're going to use the problem, if we're going to use this problem and imagine it as a big, scary monster, mm-hmm. as a field tech, you might be able to actually hide. Like you might yeah. be able to hide out long enough that the monster you know, ravages the town and moves on. Yeah. Being in a leadership role, the monster is actually coming for you. And yeah. there's no way that he's not going to sniff you out. So yeah. the way that, it, at least for me, um, you know, I'm sure you're doing this, but knowing that I can't hide from it and this yeah. is the obstacle, this is the scary thing, mm-hmm. the best shot that I have, and even if the odds are against me, is to just run up, face it, and hit it as hard as I can yeah. right away because yeah. that's going to be my best shot. Yeah. And maybe I lose that scuffle, yeah. but at least I got to it early and I'm able to yeah. adapt. So that that's just something I'm thinking about when uh yeah, yeah. T- trying to dodge shit well, and being responsible. Well, there is there's no perfect shot, right? So no no matter what, whether you throw a, a jab, a right hook, uh, whatever uppercut, pros and cons to all of them, <laughs> yeah, exactly. right? And and whatever happens, you're, you're going to step back, reassess, yeah. and you're going to go back into it, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, so I, I tend to you know make the best educated decision I can based on on what what we're dealing with. And it's okay to adjust, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you, you'll learn a lot. Uh, you'll learn as much or more in the failure than you will in the success. Often, oftentimes, mm-hmm. and so it's okay to to fail, learn from it, don't do it again. You know, you can't get burned a hundred yeah. times in a row. Eventually, right. you gotta assess right. and think. Well, maybe maybe I'm doing something wrong. But, yeah. But you know, the, you, you, paralysis by analysis. Right? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, usually doesn't bode well. So never. But like I well. said, you know, I try to get the team together, assess, call a clear play, right? Define the box, um, talk through it, the what ifs, do the best job we can and, and proceed. Um, and then you're going to reassess in an hour, a week, a month, a year. Um, that's that's the beauty of it, right? There is, it's, you can always, the one consistent is change. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? The, the yes. only thing in life I can guarantee yeah. is change. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, we do the best we can with what we got. What was it, uh, Bruce Lee? I think it was Bruce Lee. Be like water. You know, just be flowing. Just be ready. Be ready yeah. for the change. Be ready to adapt. Um, and that's, you know, that that's actually putting, um, using a really strong defense to be your offense. Like if you're just, it's great if things go the way we want them to. 
But yeah. knowing that we're probably going to have to hit five audibles before we call the play and feeling comfortable with the audibles, that is the difference between being prepared and actually being prepared versus like, well, I'm holding on tight. Yeah. So. Well, another another great uh, martial artist, uh, Mike Tyson, uh, has the same. Everyone's everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the, in the effing nose. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, something to that tune. And I mean that that's that's life, right? Um, you have your idea of what you're going to do. Life happens. Yeah, you're never going to avoid that. Uh, yeah. And then you you, you got to get back in there and go for it. So yeah, I, I think it was. Uh, I might be butchering this as well, but uh, I think he was talking about someone and saying. I don't care how good he looks hitting a, a steady bag. Put him in the ring and let him get hit in the mouth. And then we'll see what type of fighter he is. Then we'll see how he really hits. Yeah. And and yeah, there's 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 nothing truer. I yeah, I speaking of turnaround story, and this is this is gonna be my goal. Who knows? This is yeah. just gonna throw this out there. I would love to get Mike Tyson on here. And this is oh, such that, a lofty goal. He is yeah. the epitome of going from the top to the bottom to the top to the bottom. And now I genuinely feel like he is a spiritually evolved, emotionally intelligent. We're talking about the scariest fucking person on the yeah. planet. Like you could take old school UFC days, like UFC one, Mike Tyson would have eaten everyone alive. Oh, yeah. And now he's just this, He's the perfect example of be a savage, be able to take care of people, be able to protect yourself, but operate in a way that no one would know that. And he's just this gentle, the way he speaks and he's always eating a shit. He's always eating a scary amount of mushrooms and maybe that's what yeah. keeps him at, at, at bay. But he is just like his evolution. Um, yeah, yeah he, he's, I'm glad you said Mike Tyson. I love Mike Tyson. Yeah. Um, and in my, my very last question, you don't have to answer this. This is a, a little deeper, a little bit more personal. Um, but what is a, what is a rock bottom moment? What is an adversity? What is a pain that you're grateful to have? Oh, man. Um, and I might've gone too deep there. Who knows? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I would, I would just say this, that, that one of, the most, the hardest decisions I ever had to make that I am truly grateful I made was um, leaving IES for, for a period of time mm -hmm. that I did. Um, it, it was uh, time for me to step away um, and just really assess what, what it is I needed um, in life to, to once again feel excited and fulfilled in my, my career. Um, and um, without that perspective and without taking that step away and taking a break, um, you know, I wouldn't have, have gone to uh, a competitor and worked there. I loved it there. It was great. Um, Stan Butts uh, ultimately reached out, bought IES uh, back and, um, and head shoulder tapped me. And it was probably one of the proudest moments in my life is getting that phone call saying, hey, I think you're the guy. I think you're ready. Um, are you in or, or, or are you out? And so you know, it, it's, you know, you never know, uh, what's around the corner. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, it was at a point in my career where I just kind of threw my hands up and, uh, within a year was, had one of the proudest moments of, of my life in my career and, and got to come back. And, um, two and a half years later, I, I, I can't be more happy with where I am, who I work for and, and really the team that, um, I get to work with on a day in and day out basis. So, you know, um, it happens, you know, mm -hmm. it's, uh, 
trials and tribulations of your, of your career, I think it's, it's pretty normal. Very. Uh, I think it's, it's a good, good question. Um, but there's, you know, on a daily basis, I'm sure at the end of the day, retrospect, yeah, I probably would have done that a little, a little different. So we'll, we'll take note tomorrow's a new day and uh, away we go. You know? Yeah. Well, thank you for the thoughtful response and thank you for the time. I really appreciate you coming, uh, coming on the show. And yeah. um, who knows? Maybe we pick this back up. I, I try to keep them right at two hours and I've got you up until we've got, what, 30 seconds until yeah, we're yeah. done. So yeah, thank you for the time. And um, yeah. you and I will be in touch. So I'll keep you updated on any questions that come in. Um, yeah. If ever you want to jump back on, I'd love to have you back. And uh, for the guests, I'm going to say it one more time, or for the, not guests, for the listeners, info at constructingsuccess.fm positive, negative questions, you want to talk shit, whatever, drop me an email and we will see you the next time. So thank you and uh, take care. Thanks for having me.